0: Get ready. Hello, and welcome to College Talk. It's your host, Beth Brandon. uh, And I want to thank you for joining us on this episode today. First off, um, Black Lives Matter. I want to start the episode off with that right at the top. Um, second thing, happy pride month. Um, I know that celebrations probably do not look the way that they, uh, normally would have, um, during this month, you know, with COVID-19 and of course with the very important black lives matter movement that's happening right now. But, um, I want to thank you for, uh, everyone who is taking the time that they would usually be celebrating themselves, uh, and, and their identities and their love and, um, just who they really are, and they're taking that energy and, and and for those of you who are turning it to momentum for this movement, um, I want to personally say thank you. Um, and to that, uh, I've been pretty silent so far on this um, in my own personal accounts and uh, for social media and, and things like that. I've been taking a lot to uh, learning and share resources that I've I've found, um, and so I've been kind of quiet on here. But I realize. As, um, something that puts media out into the public, I need to make sure that I'm doing my part to post those here as well. And, um, there's, uh, on our website, there's a, a blog post that'll be up by the time this comes out. Um, please, please read that. It includes some resources, but right on the homepage, um, there's a button and it'll take you to a, a link tree, uh, and it'll give you loads of resources for, um, for the Black Lives Matter movement and, and whether that's to learn, whether that is um, for mental health resources that you you might need or you know someone that you know might need, regardless, um, that's all going to be on there. And then there's actually uh, below that there's there's um, a button for for pride as well. And So if you want to learn more information about that, you can there too. Um, but I want to say that right off the top um, and just let you all know that um, I've got some resources out there as I've been doing a lot of learning, I think it's really important to give you all the opportunity to join me. But now, let's go ahead and transition on over to the actual show. So I'm really excited today. Um, we have a, an episode that's really going to be focused on uh, counselors, teachers, and parents uh, to help you gain a better idea of how to help your child uh, as, as uh, or student as they're looking um, at what colleges are going to be their best match and fit and uh, where they want to go. So I'm going to let my guest introduce themselves.
1: Um, hi. Uh, my name is Melissa Monnier, um, and I'm really happy to
0: be here. Yeah. Um, so I met, I, met, I met you while we were advisors together um, with, with Advise Michigan, but since then you've gone on to do some pretty – epic stuff um can I ask you to brag a little bit
1: oh my gosh um (laughs) okay yeah so um I'm currently in Milwaukee and I'm getting my master's in media studies and women and gender studies um and I have spent the last year as the assistant director of the UWM Women's Resource Center um, which has been a really awesome experience
0: yeah that's huge that's so cool um. How, Thank you. Yeah. How is it not only like transitioning states, but also like jumping into a role like that big?
1: Um. It's been it's been wild. It's been a lot of adjustments. It was like it was pretty fun because while we were advising, I was like helping my students through the college application process, and mm-hmm. I was also applying to grad school. Mm. So like <laughs> we were both figuring things out together. It was like having to do it all over again. Yeah. Um. And I think that. I don't know. This professional role has helped me like see another side of student affairs, and um, I don't know just how to continue to be champions for college access, just in a different setting at a university, um, which has been really
0: cool. Awesome. So let's let's jump into the the material. Um, so, folks listening, if you did not know, June is uh, Pride Month, and so um, I actually had it was a different advisor uh, shot me a message, uh, and, and they suggested, Hey, it's June. Why don't we, why don't you talk about things that, you know, uh, things that relate to, uh, the LGBTQIA plus community. And I was like, um, brilliant. That's a fantastic idea. Uh, and so that's what we're going to be talking about today. And uh, like I mentioned at the top parents, counselors, teachers, this one's for you. And so I think first when we were kind of chatting, we were like, hey, let's do an overview. Um, and so let's start with that, the LGBTQIA+, um, all of that stands for, let me, let's see if I get this right, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer or questioning, intersex and asexual. And then the plus is for folks who identify in other ways, right?
1: Yeah, hey. yeah. Um, and I like to think of the plus almost as standing for something a bit more fluid, like mm-hmm. understanding that um, identities aren't fixed and that they can change over time, um, and that there's space to kind of move within those identities um, or outside of them, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is really liberating and awesome.
0: Absolutely, and that was kind of the thing we were going to talk about with that that fluidity is that gender and sexuality are on a spectrum, right? And and obviously spectrums can move and and you can move along, along that. And so um, I think that's really important when students are looking in a college search, because it's, it's not just that, you know, uh, the college has an LGBT group. It's, you know, how, you know, what other options are there if, you're in one space right now and then you move to another and you get to learn something new about yourself. Um, and you need resources for that or you want to connect with other folks who are exploring that. Um, and so I think that focus on understanding that there's fluidity on that spectrum is really important when you're helping a student search for, uh, the right fit, I guess if, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. And I think, um, that, like, college is such an important time for finding a community and figuring out identity and just growing as a human, mm-hmm. um, kind of finding your place in the world, that I think a lot of folks don't know, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And so I think that um, what you may have thought you wanted out of a college experience or what you may need at the time, like you said, can change. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I think it's so important that, like, even if you may not be working specifically with a student who is already out or identifies as LGBTQ mm-hmm. I think that it's important that like we have a more comprehensive curriculum about how to incorporate like identity into the college search process because like I don't know, I think that if these if we had these conversations earlier, like students would know that like even if this doesn't apply to me now or like even if like this isn't something that I think I need, like it can help someone else. Or like this may be a resource I want to use in the future.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think that's, that's such a great point because I know like for me, I, I came from, um, a a small rural, a village. It was called a village, the village of uh, Lexington. And, um, you know, I look back on my time in high school and, and, um, you know, some of the high schools that I served in, there was like a gay straight alliance where they had a a group specifically for LGBTQ plus, you know, you know, students. And that did not exist while I was in high school. Um, And it definitely uh, was not something that people accepted. And so I think if um, we do include that, especially, you know, folks who have the opportunity to maybe come from outer areas into these smaller rural areas and give students a space um, to learn about that and to learn about the fact that there are, you know, you don't have to be put into a box, um, you know, if that might be what you know, you're kind of getting the idea of what it has to be where you're growing up. Um, I think it's important to talk about that because I'm sure that there are students who graduated from there before me who may have felt like they had to jump into a box and, um, maybe didn't get to learn more about themselves until they left, or maybe are still trying to learn about themselves. Um, but can't because of the spaces that they're in. And, um, I think that's fantastic to, to add that into curriculum and to, to put that within the college search process and have that be something that counselors, school counselors are trained on, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. Um, so uh, another piece that I wanted to talk about is is intersectionality um, and, and how that also plays a role within the college uh, search as well. Um, and I guess, could you just kind of give us an overview um, of what intersectionality is to you, if there's, like, a specific definition you want to use, um, but if you just also want to say, like, you know, what it what it means to you.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so intersectionality is, like, a key component of black feminist framework. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was um, coined by Kimberly Crenshaw, who was a lawyer. Um, and basically she was looking at the treatment of black women in the workplace. And she... Um, was looking at like discrimination and had realized that you can't just it wasn't just a women's issue and it wasn't just like a black community issue it was Mm -hmm. a black woman's issue Mm -hmm. so the idea that like you can't look at these identities separately like to understand the full picture you have to look at all of these intersections of identity Um, and that's where the term intersectionality comes from Mm -hmm. Um, so I like to think of it as, as humans being multifaceted Right, and that there are lots of different, unique parts of us that um, that are shaped by our different identities, like race, gender identity, sexual orientation, socioeconomic status, um, all of those identities, and more. Like, kind of shape how we move through the world, mm-hmm. um, and how we're perceived
0: by others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and uh, Kimberly Crenshaw has uh, that podcast. Intersectionality matters. Um, and I, I've recently started, uh, listening to it. I've had it in my library for a while. Um, and I finally like moved through, um, just some of the other things that I was listening to and I've really started in on that and, um, it's been fantastic so far. And so I highly recommend if you have not listened yet, definitely listen to it. It's on Spotify and Apple iTunes and all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good podcast, but I, I think that's really important. Is so not only do students, um, you know, maybe will they identify as LGBTQIA or uh, they are, and um, not only that, but then also like they may come from a low socioeconomic status and be a first generation student, and you know, and and even they're a DACA student, etc. And so um, there's all of these different layers. It's like the Shrek onion thing. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, and, and so, but all of those impact students in so many different ways. And, um, like all those layers can, I guess, really add up to make, to make it so that, you know, if the right resources aren't on that campus, um, it can be really hard for a student to thrive or to find community, um, for whatever reason that may be, they may be really supported, um, you know, as a DACA student and, you know, as an LGBT plus student, but, but they may not be supported like financially, uh, there might not be enough financial mm-hmm. aid. And so, um, it's yeah, that intersectionality really, really comes into play. And then the last thing that I really want to talk about in sort of our very brief, cause I think we could, we could probably talk a, more about this for like an hour. Um, so very brief overview, but, um, I couldn't say this when I was saying it earlier, so here we go, erasure, Yeah. Um, talking a little yeah. bit about that and how that, the idea that, that that does happen, not that it can that it does happen in these conversations between parents and students or guardians and students or counselors and students and teachers and students and how those identities are maybe not decidedly in that moment important in those conversations, um, how that can really impact and harm a student. Um, I think that's what I want to chat a little bit about right now.
1: Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. So there's like eight different places I want to start, but I mm-hmm. think, um, kind of building on what you were talking about it, with intersectionality, right? We see that students who are, um, LGBTQ are, um, often face lots of discrimination from mm-hmm. both their families sometimes, and also from the outside world, whether it's job discrimination or housing mm-hmm. discrimination, mm-hmm. um, and those can be compounded by their racial identities, um, or other identities, yeah. and so, um, like, it's just important to kind of take a step back and look at the full picture, and so, like, these students may have less resources or may have less support, mm-hmm. um, when going through the college process, mm-hmm. and, um, So I think that it's really important to have an intersectional and, like, a holistic approach when thinking about a student Mm -hmm. Um, because there's so many layers that, like, we might not be able to see or so many identities that, like, they may not feel comfortable sharing for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that erasure...
0: I got you. Sorry. I (laughs) don't (laughs) know. I kept saying erasers.
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. So I feel like a lot of the time we are so afraid of saying the wrong thing Mm -hmm. or like offending someone. And it's really important to be intentional to think about the impact um, and how we show up in a space. But I also think that like that fear shouldn't stop us from having important conversations with students. Um, It's our responsibility to educate ourselves on the resources available so that we can provide the most information to our students and help them. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, like, even if it means, like, we have to do a little bit of our own self-work and kind of sit in that discomfort and wonder, like, why is talking about this, why is it so hard for me, why does this make me uncomfortable, mm-hmm. um, and do that reflecting, because, um, yeah, at the end of the day, like, we're here to help our students, and we want to make sure that they find the best college for them, the best fit for them, and make sure that they can be set up to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it means finding a school that's inclusive, then, like, that's important, Um So I think that, like, when we don't talk about these things, we're doing a disservice to our students. We're doing a disservice to our children. um, And it's so harmful because I just think, like, um, yeah, my partner and I have done research on college students and asking them, like, were these resources available to you, like, when you were doing, like, when you were looking for colleges? Did you know that, like, you can find out if a university is LGBT plus friendly? And a lot of them said no, like, I just picked school because it was affordable, or I picked a school because it was mm-hmm. close to home, or I didn't even know that these resources existed until I got to campus. Mm-hmm. And I think about those students, and I wonder, like, would their experience have been different? Would they have been more successful if they had known that they could pick a university that had the structures put in place to support them? Mm-hmm. And when we don't talk about these things, we imply that they are either not important or that they don't exist. Mm-hmm. Um which is so, so harmful. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, Yeah, I I didn't
0: know if that, if I answered your question. It it does, it does. And I, I, it kind of sparks something. So I, um, work as a, as a success coach, um, essentially. And so retention is sort of, we flip from access to retention. And I, I genuinely think that unless they're linked, like one can't work without the other. Right. But, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, we talk about with retention is, um, one of the biggest factors in that it's not how prepared students come in from, from high school, right. Cause there's people like me on campus to help students learn those skills. But one of the biggest things is sense of belonging and, and finding community yeah. on campus. And if that isn't being thought about in the search process, um, you know, that's, that's a huge, huge, um, I mean, just a huge barrier for students to cross, right? And, you know, if you if you can afford it, fantastic. If it has the major you want, again, fantastic. But if you aren't happy, um, you're not going to perform as well. And um, that was something that, you know, I would talk about with my students where it's like you can you can get into Harvard, but if you don't like anyone there and you never, you know, connect with anyone there and you hate it there, is it, ever, is it worth it? Or is it better to go, you know, to... A state school where you have all of these things and these resources and, um, all of these things that, you know, that are going to make you happy and like feel welcomed there. Um, and so, you know, that was always kind of my question was, is, is this school really what you want or is it because it's like, well, it looks good on paper. Um, mm-hmm. and so I think, uh, that's huge. And I think not talking about it and sort of what you mentioned, the, um, Feeling uncomfortable. And that's why people sort of push those conversations aside with the the erasure. And um, I think, you know, I know for me, um, one of the the things that gets in the way of me feeling uncomfortable talking about things, particularly with students, is that um, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Obviously, you don't want to offend, but I think for me, it's also like I don't want to sound stupid to a student, which is ridiculous because I tell my students all the time when they don't want to go to office hours, I'm like, why are you paying so much money if you're supposed to know everything? So like, why well, I don't want my professor mm-hmm. to think that I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm like, why are you here then? Right? Like you're here to learn. And it's the same thing on the flip side. Like this is not your experience. This is not your identity. And while it is super important to make sure that we're educating um, ourselves If you don't know the right thing to say or you say something uh, like you get your terms mixed up up or something like that, more than likely the student isn't going to hate you. Um, But it's important to remember that Mm -hmm. you're not the expert here. The student is the expert in what they need. Um, You're here to help them connect the dots to find the resources um, and to find those things that they need. Yeah, no, definitely. And I
1: think that, like, it can be hard to admit that you don't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. but. And it can be vulnerable, and I think that it can also be a great experience to, like, connect with a student or for the two of you to grow together to say, hey, like, I don't know. Right. Like, let's learn together or let's find the answer together. Um, because I think, just like you said, like, I think that putting in the effort and, like, knowing that, like, it's coming from a place of really wanting to learn and to grow and to help, like, that is so meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that students know that they know when someone's genuinely trying and when someone has the best interest at heart mm-hmm. um, as opposed to just like
0: coming at it with hate or something right, right. and um yeah, and I think you know if you're if you're i think also the same the flip side, you know that being that re- you know real person with a student, if you're like you have your little you know book under the desk that you keep peeking at to try and talk to them and everything sounds flat, um, that might also probably make the student feel uncomfortable, so. Like, you don't have to be the expert, but you have to put in the effort, I guess, is um, what my my brain kind of comes up with there. Um, yeah. The next question, I feel like we've been talking about it, but like, let's deep dive uh, a little bit is, or I guess the next topic, I shouldn't say question, but it's all of that stuff that we talked about. Um, what makes it so important in the college search? And obviously we've talked about intersectionality, um, but you know, and, and how sense of belonging is important, but I really want to deep dive a little bit further into that. Um, you talked about the research uh, that your partner been doing about, you know, did you know these resources were here? And that kind of, I mean, I know because I guess I worked with students who didn't think to look stuff up and then you'd ask them and they'd be like, Oh yeah. But, um, that's still very shocking, you know, with, I feel like the movement in college access that's been going on and, um, do you want to talk a little bit more about, I guess, just sort of your reactions to that, but then also, like, um, sort of some things that you found out, maybe?
1: Yeah. Um, so the research started with... Um, my partner was doing research on um, trans men coming out to their families mm-hmm. and kind of what they were experiencing and how their relationships with their families may have changed after coming out. And this was while I was... Um, dealing in Bryce, Michigan. So while I was, um, yeah, while I was an AmeriCorps service member, mm-hmm. um, I like forgot what to call myself, <laughs> um, my AmeriCorps service. So I was um, at placement, and I found myself working with a lot of um, LGBTQ plus students who just kind of came into my space. Like, I never set out to be, like, the champion of LGBTQ plus issues at my high school, but, like, it just I think it was just because I was young and, like, very open that the students just kind of came to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I ended up kind of being in this other role where, like, students would come in and talk about their teachers who were misgendering them or mm. students that weren't being so nice to them or mm. just talking about, like, how they couldn't wait to go to college because it meant they finally got to be themselves. Right. And I, it was just, I like I said, I found myself in this role and I knew, like, I had to do something. I wanted to know more about, like, this connection between, like, college and high school and the resources and the need for students to find a place where they can really be themselves and grow. Because I think that college was such a transformative time for me, and I think that most people who get into college access probably feel the same way, and, like, Mm -hmm. that's why we want to go back and, like, help other students find, you know, their way to a university that can really help them do the same. Um, and so we had done some research on, um, recent grads and college students who were LGBTQ plus asked them, like, did you feel like you were connected to your community? Do you feel that, like, you were able to grow on campus? And then also connecting that to the availability of, um, inclusive resources during the college search process. And overwhelmingly, a lot of folks said that they were just kind of figuring things out on their own. Mm. Um, and additionally, a lot of the folks in, um, our research also, identified, Um, also has multiple, like, intersecting identities, either Mm -hmm. being first-gen or students of color. Um, And so we know that college and the college search process is already kind of a barrier um, for students at those identities. And then adding an LGBTQ plus identity kind of compounds that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, I was definitely surprised by what we found, but I think that again, like, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but now that there are so many amazing resources and, like, tools that can help students find inclusive campuses, I think that, um, like, it's in our, it's part of our job to just share those with students and make sure that they they know, you know, things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they know, um, yeah, that there are other things to be looking for within colleges, not just, like, Um, their major or a sports team. Mm -hmm. Um, But do they have a name change policy? Um, Do they have inclusive restrooms? Do they have an LGBTQ plus student organization? Do they have a resource center? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's
0: super important. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think um, that kind of leads into the the next question is, you know, uh, how can folks help students as they're making those college searches. And, um, one thing that I was always really surprised by was that students didn't, didn't seem to, and this is students across the board, uh, or they felt uncomfortable. I don't know. Or they just didn't really think to, but like Google things. And I think one thing that you can do as a counselor or parent guardian, um, or or teacher is to sit down yourself and before you start talking to students about what resources are available, Google and find out what resources are available, especially to the colleges nearest to your high school, um, because students tend to, I think, you know, sometimes look at those first. And so if students have questions about those right off the bat and you've already familiarized yourself with those resources, like, A, you can tell them then, but B, you also know how to help them search uh, in the future when they're looking at colleges you're not familiar with, um, but what are, what are, that's, I feel like a very base level, um, entry level kind of, this is how you can help. And so, um, I'd love to have just kind of a conversation now about like, what more can people do? Like what more can counselors do? What more can teachers do? Things like that.
1: Yeah. Um, I think it's, um, Kind of twofold. I think one is to, like we talked before, like, to do the kind of personal work, Mm -hmm. like, to familiarize yourself with the terms and the language and to understand, like, I don't know, things that are important to the communities um, that you're serving and, like, what are the things that they need. Um, And then the other is to familiarize yourself with some resources. Um, And I have a ton that I can talk about. Um, But I think that, again, just... um, By looking at local universities, you can kind of get a feel for the things that they have on their campus. Um, The Campus Pride Index is super helpful. Um, And so what that is, is it's a a listing of LGBTQ plus friendly colleges and universities. So um, colleges will kind of fill out like a report card almost with all of the Um, like, inclusive services and programs that they offer, and then it gets published onto this website. Mm. And so even if a school that your student is looking at is not on the website, it's still really helpful to kind of see maybe these are things that you should be looking for during your college search. Um, And so you can work with your admissions rep, even, again, Google. Google is your friend. Um, Googling on the university's website, like, terms like LGBTQ or inclusive or, you know, um, like trans, and seeing what kind of trans policies they have, if any. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that's a really um, a really great start. I think that even if the school has an LGBTQ plus resource center, um, you could contact someone that works there and see if maybe, maybe they'll come to your school and, like, do a presentation, or maybe they'll talk to you more about, like, what they're doing on their campus. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I've gone to schools and talked to students about... Um, being like a woman-identified student on campus, and how it's different from being in high school, and so um, some folks are really open to having those conversations, or providing you resources, or even working with students. Um, it just depends on the space, but mm-hmm. um, they're usually pretty helpful and definitely open to working in some capacity with you.
0: Yeah, awesome. And I um, I love that you you said like search in uh, like the colleges or universities website specifically because yeah. If you type usually um, a word or like a search term or whatever into, there's like a search bar on the website, it'll pull up not only the resources they have on campus, but I've found like news articles, whether it's by like the student newspaper or news articles that they've had. And I I think that can help students get a glimpse of what the climate is like um, and if it is like an inclusive space, just based on how folks who are on the campus are talking about Different topics. And again, whether that's, you know, you're a DACA student or, you know, et cetera, um, it's a great way to kind of see okay, so this is what the administration is saying. They seem really gung ho and, and about it, but I want to make sure they're not just, you know, thrown around those buzzwords um and then you can kind of see what is the student perspective from this newspaper that I found from the search or etc and get a deeper view of like all right this is what administration's saying but what are the students that I have to interact with saying um yeah um so I guess, like, those are kind of the big topics that I really wanted to touch on, but I wanted to open the floor and the space. Is there anything else that you wanted to share with students?
1: Um, with students? I guess, like, just keep an open mind, do your research. Um, there are folks out there that want to help you. They want you to succeed, um, and find a place where you can really grow and, um, don't know college can be kind of intimidating it's a big step it's a big change Mm -hmm. it's a completely new environment um but just like we were talking before right like change happens outside of your comfort zone um and so like lean into that and don't be afraid of it and um just really make the most out of like your experience wherever you end up um because it's going to be really great um and it's going to help shape you into an amazing human and i think
0: that that's so cool yeah Awesome, thank you. Okay, so I've actually gotten out of doing this a little bit, um, and I'm gonna kinda throw you uh back into it. Um, but I I for a while was ending these interviews with two questions, and I was asking the same two questions to everyone. And um I probably should have prepped you. I actually did this to a lot of people where I forgot to prep them, so I'm sorry. But the first question <laughs> is uh, what is or what has been your favorite like course or subject? etc. that you've ever learned about. It could be like K through master's degree at this point. Um so like anything. And then the second question is what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Oh wow. Okay. Okay.
1: Um so my favorite class was in undergrad. Um and it was it was like an intro to LGBT studies class Mm -hmm. and um, I went to a pretty small public school and it was like the pilot of this class. So it was the first time that they were ever offering it. Um, There were probably like five or six of us in the class. It was Mm -hmm. not very big. Um, But yeah, they were trying to see if they could create an LGBTQ plus studies program Mm -hmm. um, by running this class and seeing if there was interest in it. And it was, amazing Mm -hmm. um i knew that i was interested in feminism i knew that i wanted to like advocate and organize around um lgbtq plus issues and i learned so much about the world and so much about myself in that class that um i don't know i think it it truly changed my life and um it really helped me get on the path that i am today um I actually met my partner in that class, so maybe that I'm a little biased. Maybe that's why I liked the <laughs> class so much. Um, but, like, my professor was amazing. She's someone that I still keep in contact with. Um, she has sent me a ton of books to read, and some of them I still need to send back to her. <laughs> um, but it was one of those spaces where, I don't know, everyone was just so open and eager to learn that, like, it was just such an amazing class. and. Mm. I learned the importance of connecting with faculty in that class as well. Like, Mm. I built such a strong relationship with that professor. Like, I started going to office hours, which are also very important. I tell everyone, like, you need to go to office hours. Even if you you don't think you do, you definitely
0: do. Thank you. I just made Um, a flow chart for students um, at at LSSU. And every answer leads back to you need to go to office hours. But it's that same thing. Uh, (laughs) Try it. Please go.
1: But you really do. You really need to go to office hours. <laughs> Professors, I know this now from being, like, a teaching assistant, but, like, we get lonely. And, like, oh. we want people to come visit us. <laughs> so your professors don't want to just sit in an office for an hour. They really want to talk to students. Absolutely. And, um, so. so, yeah, I think that was probably um, one of the best classes that I've ever taken. Um, the best piece of advice I've ever been given. Um... I don't know. Okay, can I, does it have to be, like, advice that was given directly to me?
0: No. Okay. There's no rules.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love rules. I need structure. I need my itinerary. Um, Okay, so um, I am going to share um, two quotes by Angela Davis, who is a black feminist. Um, which I think are super important during these times. Mm -hmm. And I, like, put them on sticky notes and they are, like, I'm looking at them right now. Um, And so they just kind of helped me, like, ground myself and remember why I'm doing the work that I love and um, how to continue to show up and make change. And so the first one um, is radical simply means grasping things at the roots, Um, which I think is super powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so um, I think that, I don't know. We're all being called to look, like take a step back and really look at things that are going on in our world and things that we want to change. And I don't think it's radical to want equality or justice. And um, so that's my first one. Mm -hmm. Um, And the second is also by Angela Davis. And it is um, I am no longer accepting the things I cannot change, I am changing the things I cannot accept. And so that's just a reminder to me, like, that there's always space to make change, even if it's small change within yourself or within your community or even, you know, within your circle of friends. Um, And so those have just been two quotes that have kind of been keeping me
0: moving lately. Thank you for sharing that. Both of those are obviously super powerful Um and inspiring, like in a way, like it, not in a way they are inspiring, but um it's not inspiring in like a warm and fuzzy kind of way, but it's like, that's so true, that's so real, um, and it puts power behind that inspiration. It's not just a oh, it's mm-hmm. nice, it's a like whoa, kind of a moment. So thank you for sharing. yeah, oh yeah, thank you. Yeah. um, so do you have any last words that you want to share?
1: Um, no i I don't think so.
0: All right, great. well, thank you so much for being on. I truly appreciate your time energy uh your brain power because obviously you brought a lot of knowledge to this so i really appreciate it Uh, thank you so much
1: yeah thank you for having me yeah
0: all right folks thanks so much for joining us here uh, on another wonderful episode. Uh, this was fantastic. I really, really enjoyed it. Like I said, that blog post is coming out. There's going to be resources attached to that. And then on the homepage, please make sure that you click on the resources button that's underneath the uh, the Black Lives Matter image. And then as well under the Celebrate Pride uh, image. And there's resources for both of those different areas um, from different groups. I will be getting um, like the link to uh, a couple of the resources that we talked about in this episode, and putting it in the description so you can click right there. And as always, if you can like and subscribe or rate or whatever it is, uh, that helps us with those tricky little algorithms to hopefully help more students get access to um, some some college-going knowledge. And uh, as always, it is a pleasure to chat with you here on College Talk.